Hey, dude, this dog like stinks, man. Okay, groomer, do something about it, man. you pet stylists you found the groom pod welcome to our virtual salon my name is Susie, and i'm your host i'm a mobile groomer from seattle washington and anyone who knows me will tell you i love to talk especially about my job one of my favorite people to talk to is my friend and mentor and co-star of the show miss barbara bird well surprise Today, playing the part of Barbara Bird is Chris Bear Anthony. Hi, Chris. How are you? Hi, Susie. I am fantastic. I am well caffeinated. It's grand. Excellent. Well, (laughs) welcome to the very special 400th episode. Okay, well, it's just a regular episode, but it is the 400th episode of The Groom Pod. I'm here. It's very special. You are so right. It's episode 400 of the Groom Pod, recorded on January 28th in Snohomish, Washington, and in New Jersey. This podcast is brought to you by our kind sponsors Best Shot, Show Season, Precision Sharp, Groom More, and Stazco. And if you'd like to be a sponsor of the show, you can do so at Patreon or go to our website, thegroompod.com, click on the donation button to support Barbara and the Patreon button to join the show. All right. This week, we're talking to Chris Bear Anthony about how grooming sucks. And if you have the right tool, it can suck and blow. Indeed. <laughs> this week, What's News brought to you by Groomore Software. If you haven't found Groomore, you're missing out. Groomore is an all-in-one software solution for your grooming business. Whether you are a solo mobile groomer or manage several shops, Groomore has everything you need. 24-hour online booking and forms, routing, credit card processing, reminders, Google Calendar and QuickBooks integration, and so much more. And the best customer service anywhere. Shop mobile or house call, Groomore has you covered. And they're giving us a free month. Just enter GroomPod22 in the coupon code. All right, the question that's obviously on everyone's mind, where's Barbara? Well, I'm going to tell you. (laughs) She is moving herself out of the shop because she loves to procrastinate. And here we are at the end of the month and she has like three days to get out. And so... I had to give her this week off. We took our birthday week off. We're done taking weeks off. I told her we have to get serious here. She thinks she's on vacation. I don't know what to do. I got to crack that whip. (laughs) So I had an exciting event this week. What you do? I ran over my footstool. I ran it over. I didn't even see it. With your car? Well... (laughs) It's back there at the trailer. Oh, okay. And I was busy chatting because, you know, it's what I do. They pay for my stories and my dog grooming. I just look at it that way. So I was telling a story to somebody and got carried away, closed the door, wrapped up my cord and got in the car and drove away. And when I got to the next appointment, as happens like once every five years, I opened the door to my trailer, which is fairly high off the ground. And I looked for my footstool and I was like, oh, no, I just could visually picture it sitting there underneath my door as I pulled away. And there's no way I didn't run it over. So it was smashed to smithereens in front of my client's house. I had to call him and have his 80 year old self go out there and pick up my. Oh, no. I know. I felt horrible. But I didn't go back to that neighborhood. So I was way the heck the other direction. Anyway, these are the things you have to deal with as a mobile groomer. You don't run over your footstool as a house call groomer, do you? No, no, but I have left my toolkit behind the car or in front of the car and gone to move it. I didn't actually hit it, but... Oh, my. Yeah. No, I've not run over, but... I did, when borrowing my friend's van, drive off with it plugged in once. Oh. So I checked that mobile groomer box, even as a house call groomer. <clears throat> yeah, so anyway, so Barbara's getting her shit together. I ran my stool over. What else happened this week? 
Oh, I know. Here's a good one for you because it was a house call thing for me. Okay. I did a nail trim, which I do. I'm happy to do nail trims. It was a nail trim in my neighborhood. I've done the dog and cat probably three times. They have a munchkin. It's the only munchkin I've ever had any dealings with, and it is really short. So it has no legs, and it doesn't like particularly to have its nails trimmed. Yeah. I know. Can you imagine that? Anyway, so the lady has done it once, and the man has done it once, assisted me with the cat, holds the cat Mm -hmm. in the lap, and I do the nail trim because he's a little feisty. The lady didn't like doing it, so she decided the husband was going to do it this time. Mm -hmm. And he said, I think we did it on the floor. And I said, no, I'm pretty sure we did it in the chair. And he said, no, I'm sure we did it on the floor. And I said, okay, it doesn't sound right, but I'll give it a try. Well, he leaned on this cat, (gasps) and I felt horrible. Oh, Oh, yeah. I mean... They've got bad backs and crappy legs anyway, and he just was kind of laying on the cat. And so he walked out of the room after I finished, and I turned to her, and I said, next time you and me in the chair, and that's it. And then she goes and rats me out and says, Henry, next time we're doing it in the chair. Susie (laughs) said so, and I'm like, oh, great. See, I have the built-in kind of defense and answer to that, which would be, I would 100% have remembered having to get up off the floor. So there's no way we did it on the floor. (laughs) Because I'm not getting younger. True, true, true. I recognize that there's going to be a time where I can't just plop down on the floor. And it's not exactly graceful when I go down there at this point. But I can get down and up all right. Like I don't really embarrass myself too much. But I couldn't believe this grown man kind of laying on top of his poor little cat. I almost didn't want to go back there. Yeah, I don't blame you. Have they tried just holding the cat and standing and the legs hanging down? That way you don't have to bend the legs in any way and you just squish the paw pads. Have they tried that at all? We did that the first Mm -hmm. time. But the cat is pretty wiggly and was trying to wiggle out of their arms and, you know, like a sack of flour weighted at the bottom. She just kept kind of losing the cat. So I did it sitting in the chair so the cat's butt is supported. And it worked fine. But then Mm -hmm. interject the husband. Mm -hmm. And I don't mean that in a negative manly way. It was just that he was pretty sure he remembered. And there comes a point in time where I'm not going to argue with the client, especially when normally I deal with her. But now I will never have him hold the cat again. It's just not going to happen. Never again. So awkward awkward. I'm too much for that. I don't know the right word I'm looking for other than much. (laughs) And this is the thing about being house call. You have to have that comfort level with your clients. So if they're going to argue with me like that, and I know that this is not what happened, I'm going to argue back. And if that means I never see them again, kind of probably best for both of us. I get it. I get it. (laughs) But they have a super easy dog nail trim. So, like, it's gravy mm. money. They're a block from my house. Well, no, okay, a mile from my house. But everything in the country, right. we pretend it's a block, even though it's a mile. <laughs> yeah. That's pretty close. Anyway, pretty close to me. And even more important, and I know everybody probably doesn't want to hear about this, but I ride my horse on the neighborhood streets, and they drive past me. And I want them to like me when they go past so that they go slow and pull into the other lane. So it's all about the fact that they're neighbors. As a matter of fact, it can be a drawback to do your neighbors because of that. Because you see something you didn't want to see or know something you don't want to know. Like the fact that the guy will manhandle his cat. Yeah. Because I converse mostly with hers, I'll let her know in advance that it's going to be she and I. Because I will say our energy is better And I'm sure she'll accept that because she's kind of woo-woo. You know, you're kind of woo-woo, so you would, like, appreciate it if I said that right. I'm very woo-woo. I have lots of woo-woo friends. No, I get it. Yeah, good. Okay. Yeah. As Well, and you kind of have to be with cats especially. Like, our animals pick up on so much. Even if you start as, like, super scientific and not, after a while, you get a little bit. You get little woo because they're like well they can pick up and they understand when you're mad they do feel your energy 
I'm good with energy. I can yeah. drop that level even though it doesn't appear like I can. If I need mm-hmm. to with cats, I can take it right down. And also with some of the dogs that really require that, they just have to neutralize yoga breaths, bring it down. But this dude, not the energy I want holding the cat. So we'll try it again. We'll see. I only see them every three months, maybe. But it's hard to pass up that really easy money. I admit it. But not him. Not him. Not ever again. Yeah. You know what else I got, though, that was pretty cool? Or at least I thought it was going to be pretty cool. It was one of these kind of things. I bought lighted cat nail clippers. Okay. And I thought, oh, this is fantastic because just like the shoemaker whose children wear no shoes, I have a cat whose nails I can't trim because he pulls his (laughs) leg in and I can't see. And even with my magnifying glasses with the headlamp, he tucks that foot under and I don't want to miss on him because he was a stray cat and obviously Mm -hmm. was not handled a lot as a kitten. And doggone it, I thought these were going to be the answer to everything. Not so much. Not so much. The concept is great. The design, I give the design a four out of 10 because there's hole on one side to put your thumb in, but there's not a hole on the other side because that's where the battery is. So it's big and fat and awkward. But even worse, it has the worst cutting blade. Like I did three nails. By the time I got to the fourth nail, it was dull. Well, see, that's where quality steel comes in. Don't get me started on that rabbit hole. Exactly. That's exactly it. Like I've got some nail clippers, my cat nail clippers that I've had for 10 years. They still have a better edge than this piece of crap that I got mm-hmm. the other day. So it was a big disappointment and disappointment even because I was so excited. And that's where the phrase build a better mousetrap comes in because you can have a great idea, but if the design and the execution and the engineering isn't there, it's not going to be what it could and should be. Aha. So it's rough. Maybe the next one that makes that, it'll be better. Yes. And I'm willing to try again because it is a great idea. Like I've dreamed about having the lighted Dremel, but I don't have that either. But one day, one day. Those are nice. Those are nice. I know. But I'm the person that can't replace anything until it actually breaks. Yeah. I just generally... Although I will admit that I bought the Andis Emerge clippers while I had a still functioning set of cordless clippers. Now, refresh my memory because they're on my list of things to look at this year. They can be charged by a USB? No, they have a cord. They have a cord. But they can run with the cord or cordless. Okay, that was it. Charges in like an hour to full charge. It is a one-speed clipper, which everybody's like, oh, no, a one-speed clipper. But I always run my clippers on high, so one-speed works for me. Yeah, well, it depends on what that speed is. And I have to look at it, and I want to see what the torque is, because torque is often more important than speed. Yeah. Because the torque is the power. So if you if you have the ability to go really fast, but it doesn't have the power that once you start going through thick doodle hair then it's 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 useless not quite no it'll still cut hair but it's not it doesn't have what you the oomph you want it'll be frustrating is what it will be let, yes let me see what it thinks it is i don't know if they're list torque it sure feels beefy to me it definitely compares with my pulse zr of which i still have the original okay. one of those and even better, that little blue one that I loved so much, the Andis, what was it called? The one that everybody's died right away and mine was still working up until a month ago. The little blue cordless Andis clipper. Oh, it was fabulous. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, this is their replacement for that. I like this better. The power button is on top, so you're not bumping into it all the time. So maybe have less failure with the switch. And mm-hmm. it's light enough. And it's a little shorter, so you can get under the shorter dogs a little bit better with this. And I love that it runs with the cord in it if you need to. Right. Oh, I see. I see it now. I'm looking at that. Nice. Oh, I'm loving it. I don't have much success with five-in-one blades, so I don't even own a five-in-one trimmer. This is my substitution for that. I just stick whatever blade on there I want, and I don't have to worry about 
consistently wrecking the five and one blades. I don't know what it is I do. I must move faster than they do, <laughs> but I can't use them. They frustrate yeah. me endlessly. So I've given up on that. Hey, are you talking at Atlanta Pet Fair? Yes, I am talking at Atlanta Pet Fair. I'm not doing a class. I am doing a symposium with Mary Aquendo and Dr. Callie. Do you remember Dr. Callie? I do. Like a round table? Yes, we're doing a round table discussion, like groomers and vets, like actually talking because she is a lovely human being and there needs to be better communication between vets and groomers. There, there just does. We are on the same side. We're on the side of the pet and there's been a communication barrier between us for too long. I can't 100% say it's antagonistic because of this or that, because we don't know. And in truth, when we get from customers, well, the vet said, we don't know, because chances are we then don't get to talk to that vet. And even if they did, they don't know us and what we do. Right. It's so true. I was a vet groomer, but mostly dealt with people who respected what I did. So not the old school vet where you weren't part of the team, but the new school vet where your name is right next to their name. We integrated really yes, well. Integration. Yes. So we've had, always had a good communication and until he retired and now I'm like floating in the air with no communicating <laughs> vet. But I, I have a, yeah, I've got a horse vet and I have my avian vet who was a small animal vet as well. So I've got some people I can turn to but I've lost my ability to just pull up at the hospital and run in the back door with a, a boo-boo or something. But I do have the benefit of still being able to call any of them, even the guy who retired, yeah. and talk to them on the phone. So I can speak their language. I've been in that room. And yeah, you're so right. Especially vets who have no groomer, they're really easy to blame us. Yeah, because they, they don't know. And because we had Dr. Callie on the Traveling Groomers uh, a couple times. And one of the things we talked about was anal glands. And that's a huge issue and contention between groomers and vets and groomers and should we even do it? And she's like, well, I don't see why not. Why why groomers shouldn't do it and blah, blah, blah. And something just pinged into my, my head and I went, but do you realize that groomers express anal glands externally and not internally? And she went, wait, what? Yes, yeah, surprise. And she's like, well, in that case, no, you shouldn't do them externally. So a lot of times we don't know what we don't know about the other profession, about what they do and don't do. And I've told some of my clients, usually with senior pets and older dogs, when they're getting to the just comfort groom stage, I say, give your vet permission to talk to me if we need to talk, because the three of us need to be partners in these last years. We need to be partners in the care of your pet. So true. Absolutely. Yeah. Which is one of the things I love about Chrissy Newmeyer-Smith and her approach to mm -hmm. behavior on the grooming table mm -hmm. is that she is trying to integrate the services together, the trainers, the groomers, and the veterinary assistants and vets with the handling thing. And it's so important. Uh, that actually, in one of the things, I have a lot of new stuff coming up this year. And I'm completely redoing my ergonomics class. And there's going to be a brand new one, two, and four hour versions. Nice. And in the four hour version, and maybe even a little in the two, I have to look at it. I'm going to start studying dog body mechanics because the ergonomics of how they are standing and moving during the groom is important as well. It's everything, actually. It's yeah. everything because the dogs, if the dog is fighting you, you're probably holding it in a way that's yeah. uncomfortable or scary or, you know, mm -hmm. hurts. Just plain old or hurts. They just don't know what's going on. There's, there's like so many moving pieces there. Balance is huge. When you pick up a dog's foot and they don't have the ability to control their balance anymore, it's mm -hmm. frightening for the older dogs. So, so important. When I was probably just starting grooming, I went to a class that had pictures of dogs that were in pain. 
And the lady put the pictures up. I don't even remember who gave the class. She put the pictures up and talked about the spots on the dog that you could see where it was a little uneven, unbalanced, like toenails that wear unevenly or muscling that's uneven. These signs that we have to watch for so that we can make grooming not as scary and so that they can be calm, comfortable, and cooperative for the entire Mm -hmm process because it's a long process and we do stuff that's scary. I ran into that yesterday because one of my house call clients has two black Russian terriers and one of them is a senior now and the way her nails wear down and grow is completely uneven and just to make things worse she had one toe removed from cancer so she's got one front foot that's not complete She's a senior. She's got arthritis issues. She's got like short toes and really long toenails. And it's she's all over the place. And I'm looking at it with her dad going, this is short. This is long. Definitely she's showing signs in how she's walking. And we are having to adjust our grooming. Yep. Keep those feet close to the table. Mm-hmm. Best thing you can do for those guys. I use a table divider so the dogs are comfortable leaning against it and they feel pretty secure because I've got the hip strap. Yes. And the, yeah. the, the groomer's wall is great for that too. Yeah, it doesn't work for me because I have no way to clamp it anywhere. On My, my edges of my table are all flush with other oh, things. Oh, the flush with the wall. Yeah. I just have one edge that I have access to and it has my groomer's helper and my hose arm, whatever you call that thing. We'll present Tommy with a design challenge. Indeed. I'll mention it to him, hopefully. Anyway, so that sounds like a really cool class. Maybe I can sneak over there and see it because I'm going to be at the tent sale and so's Barbara Bird. I'm going to tell you all about it. Okay. Ever wondered if those buzzword-laden labels really mean anything? all-natural, soap-free, organic? How much trust should you put into these marketing terms? And how can you confirm that the ingredients inside the product actually match the claims on the label? Join Barbara Bird on March 7th at the Show Season Tent Sale in Tucker, Georgia for a live educational seminar you don't want to miss. Barbara will be debunking common industry myths and investigating the truth behind good and bad ingredients in pet care. This is your chance to learn what science tells us about some of the most commonly used ingredients so you can truly understand the product labels and separate the fact from the fluff. And that's not all. Get ready to rev up those grooming van engines. Join me for a lively talk about the roller coaster of running a booming mobile grooming business. I'll be dishing out top-notch tips on going mobile, remaining profitable, and building a pack of positively delightful tail-wagging clients. This isn't your run-of-the-mill business class. I'll be serving up my juiciest real-life tales from years as a successful mobile groomer. You'll have a doggone good time while soaking up the secrets you need to rock your mobile grooming game. If you're excited to elevate your grooming business, all while enjoying major deals on top-quality grooming supplies from Show Season and Groomers Mall, register for this free event today. You can learn more about this exclusive event for groomers by clicking the link at our Facebook page, facebook.com slash group slash the groom pod, or going to Show Season Animal Products on Facebook. Well, we're pretty excited to go to the tent sale, and I'm going to be at Atlanta Pet Fair Friday and Saturday, and Barbara's going to be at Atlanta Pet Fair on Saturday, and we're just going to be roaming around and looking at stuff, and I guarantee you there'll be a live video as I walk through the trade show floor, because I love doing that, and I hope to see all of you guys there, but remember to register. On to our first appointment. Ready, groomers? Here comes our first appointment. Grooming sucks, or it should if you're doing it with a vacuum system. (laughs) I know you use a vacuum system. I have the old style Hanby Gold dryers. And if you have one, the old style where they're short, they look like kind of little R2, like half the size, little R2 units. They did a combination dryer vac system that is perfect for house call groomers. And they couldn't get the canister the housing size for it anymore. So they discontinued it. But 
if you have one of those old style ones, even if it's broken, it is still worth its weight in gold, pun intended. <laughs> get it refurbished, get it fixed, because I have two pieces of Hanvey equipment that I absolutely won't live without. That's one of them. Although that one, I technically can. I just grumble a lot. And the Bathing Beauty. The Bathing Beauty, I refuse to live without. I was talking about this on one of our podcasts. I will just um, pout and hold my breath like a toddler and be like, no, <laughs> until I pass out. I, I won't. And I have three because I'm so worried one of them won't be working at the time the other one needs service. Exactly. So I've got a backup. And then, of course, I'm allowed to share them with the friends who, when their systems break, I can go, oh, by the way, if your super sudzer isn't working, come on over. I'll give you my pump and you can, can take it for a while. Can I tell you the depths to which I hate the super sudzer system? Oh, do. This will be fun. From the depths of my soul. And and look, this is not a dig at any company. This is not a dig. This is just from using my friend's van. And I took it out one day and I forget if I just forgot my bathing system because I don't know what the heck was wrong with me that morning or this was the week it wasn't working. But I'm like, fine, I'll use the super sensor. Now, the problem is if you are parked at an angle where it's angling towards the super sudzer, you're golden. You use a, just a little bit of water. It works fine enough. It doesn't have the power of the bathing beauty. And I can't really get in there to clean and disinfect. Like I can run stuff through it, but I can't clean it the way I can clean my bathing beauty. So it always, I always feel a little squicky using it. But if you're parked on a hill nose down, <laughs> the sheer amount of water you have to use to get this sucker to work is insane. It just makes me angry. I bet. Just makes me angry. I've also borrowed a van and used it for a couple days mm -hmm. and was endlessly frustrated with it because I'm... It makes me angry. Yeah, it's just frustrating. And then my friend recently... My friend Brandy had hers die, and she said to get in there and find the wire that came off the pump was insane. Do you know what I actually like better than the super sudzer? What? You know those garden hose attachments <laughs> with the little thing underneath that you put shampoo in? Oh, yes. <laughs> I will take that over a super sudzer. I think I'm right there with you. Absolutely. I will take that. I mean, if you hold a gun to my head and say you can't use a bathing beauty, I will... Hand in your resignation letter. I, I, okay, I will hand in my <laughs> resignation letter. And then if they say it will either be you grooming or your brains on this resignation letter, a la Godfather, then I'll be like, fine, but I, I'm at least using this. It, it, but it's got to be at that level. I get it. I cannot live without my bathing system. It's one of the things I started with when I learned to groom, because I learned to groom in 1996. So Bathing Beauties mm -hmm. uh, and the Hydra Surge were both in existence, and also the Clipper Vacs were in existence. So I've never not groomed with a vacuum system. Now, I have groomed without initially, and I remember buying my first one, and I remember talking to Curtis about it, and... It was interesting because a lot of the complaints I see about using VAC systems are how people don't like them or issues they have. And it's all related to the strength of the suction they use. And when I first bought it and Curtis was like, oh, and all the, the really high-end groomers, they only use a very little bit of suction. So you just use the least suction that you can to still get the hair to go in there. And I went, oh, because at that time I was in a small salon that I was trying to make. I'm like, I, that's all I heard. I'm like, high end does this. And I went, K. And it made everything better. So if you start out using the super strong suction, well, yeah, you're going to get lined. You're going to have issues because you're not using the tool properly. You're not using the suction properly. 
My first vacuum system was a clipper vac because Marlene was kind enough to fly all the way across the country over to here where we didn't get the benefit of being on the East Coast where all the distributors are. Mm-hmm. So she came out one time and she and Stasco came out and they did a presentation and they had clipper vacs there and I watched her and I thought, well, why isn't everybody doing this? This is absolutely the way to go. And then I cut off a dog's ear hair and I whacked off a tail, you know, the things that happen. <laughs> I'm not product bashing, but it's much easier to control the suction on a hair vac. And I want to talk about that. Actually. So there's yeah. two main producers that are still working and still producing mm-hmm. quality products. And that's Romani for the clipper vac and Hanvey for the hair vac. Oh, that's right. I'm looking up on my wall. I'm like, hair vac. Because I also have a larger one for my in-home salon because once again, God forbid I am without this because (laughs) I also have two. I had three, but I gave one to a a groomer who desperately needed one. (laughs) I have three. I have two of the little ones because I'm mainly house call and God forbid one goes down. I always have one like, okay, my local sharpener can repair that. He's great, but my shears go to mow. But uh, he repairs my my little one very well. I have two of those and I have a big hair vac. Yes, I don't want to be without either because I've groomed with it so long. I feel like I don't know how to groom really well. Most of my dogs are drop coats, so I can't do really good drop coats without my clipper vac. It's just hard for me. And that's where most people have a problem with clipper vac is the drop coats. And once again, I say it is suction. It is suction. Don't suck so much. All of the clipperbacks make grooming easier. They all get the hair off of your floor. I actually wig out when there's hair on my floor or my table. I hate it mm-hmm. because I'm so used to it not ever being there. They also keep your body free of hair slivers and your you know, nose free of dog hair, oh my, God. my ears free of dog hair. Um, once you learn to use it like Chris and I, you just wouldn't want to be without it. It really is an essential tool for me. Some of the reasons that the two are different, some of the features that make them different are the head of the attachment to the clippers are completely different on each model. So I have a hybrid because I really did not like the control of the suction on the clipper vac. So maybe about six months after I got a clipper vac, I bought a hand V conversion kit. So my clippers are hand V clipper, clipper conversion heads. And I've got a mm-hmm. hand V hose, hand V adjustment. So I can move the vacuum head way back off of the end of my clipper. And when I do yeah. so, I can still fit my hand in comfortably between the clipper and the hose so I can flip my clipper over, which I do all the time. Oh, yeah. Can't do that with the Romani because your hand doesn't fit in there. So that was the other I deal breaker. I did not know that. Yeah. I still have... Because I've only used a Romani like twice. Right. And it's great. I mean, it's better than not having it. The control of the suction yeah. really is the dictator of how your haircuts look, for sure. Well... And the hair vac has two different ways to control it. And you can correct me if I'm wrong, but on the Romani, it's just a mechanical. It's just that little, there's like a little flap on the head that you control the airflow and you can open it all the way to have it suck less and close it to have a stronger suction. Yep. And on the Hanvey, you have electrical and mechanical where... You can, there's actually a variable sweet speed switch, so you can turn it down. So it's 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 kind of like if you have a variable speed dryer, right? And you just go, yep. yeah. I'm so technical. <laughs> I don't get the benefit of the, but I do get a way to adjust it at the head that is so much head and shoulders better than the other one. And at the head, you can also pull it back. So you can adjust it two different ways. And it actually makes a difference in the length of the cut a little bit. You can make it a little bit longer, a little bit shorter. Let me tell you about Best Shot's newest addition to the Ultramax Pro line. Ultramax Hair Hold is a flexible hairspray that can be layered on for a stronger hold. Ultramax Hair Hold Spray is great, but my favorite new product is called the Max, and I won't groom without it. It's a fragrance-free, ultra-concentrate conditioner and detangler. 
It reduces drying time and handles undercoat and tangles like magic. Just a few drops in the final rinse or spray it on and dry it in. Contact your favorite Best Shot distributor or learn more online at bestshotpet.com. Grooming success begins with Best Shot in your tub. Made from the best stuff on earth. The other thing that it does is because the opening on the head of the Hanvey clipper attachment is so much larger, it sucks up mats like nobody's business. It just sucks them up and takes them right down the hose. Where on the clipper vac version, it's a much smaller opening. So oftentimes I find myself pulling mats out of the end of the hose up by the clipper. So that was a big thing for me as well because I used to do dogs that were matted. I don't really anymore get dogs that were matted because I have such a finite client base. But when I do run into a mat, the clipper vac just buzzes right through it. And I think the biggest thing that was such a boon was when the metal combs came out the wall metal combs clip-on combs yeah man did that change everything for clipper vax they are the cat's pajamas i mean they work so well and they cut through mats it really saves a lot of time if you happen to have any mats in there it doesn't do a pelted coat and it doesn't do large mats or tight mats on like the front of the feet or anything but really, it eliminates so much problem. That with the proper products, you're just done in a breeze. It's so cool. I will say, wear your hearing protection. Now, see, the hair vac is quieter. I'd still wear it. The hair vac is, well, wear your hearing protection as much as humanly possible. But because you have that electrical variable as well, it's not as loud. Like if I were to turn my hair back all the way up and I've demoed that in classes and it's amazing where people are like, what do you mean? I'm like, it's on. Oh, it's way quieter. It's way quieter, which isn't as much of an issue in the vans because they usually kind of tuck it away. Well, mine is right below my table. So I'm right there and it's the noise is yeah. bouncing out the back of it onto the walls. So I'm just a proponent of wearing hearing protection because I have so many friends who have podcasts and I like to listen to them like yours, the traveling groomers. Yeah. yeah, And Mary's uh, pet, pet preneurs, women, pet preneurs. Thank you. It stumbles everybody. It's okay. Oh, I I feel so (laughs) bad about it, but I never say it right. So I just don't want to butcher it. I wanted to talk about the metal combs a little bit. A lot of people have Mm -hmm. trouble breaking the teeth off of their blades And I just would like to let you guys know that it's because you're not seating them correctly on the blade. I'm going to go a step further and have unpopular opinion time. It's because you're using the wrong blade. That too. Talk about that. I I was always 30 blade, 40 or or 30 under snap-on combs, but under the metal combs, if they get the teeniest bit out of alignment, it's going to catch on that 30 blade and... You know, dogs kick it, they get worn, they hit the floor, they get the teeniest bit out of alignment. I was, Susie, I was mad when I found this out because I had a ton of 30 blades and somebody was like, well, put a 15 blade under your metal combs and the finish is nicer and and you won't have that problem. And I didn't have any 15 blades, so I bought one to try and it was so much better. It was so much better. Oh, I bet you were kicking yourself. I was mad. I was, I'm like, now i got to buy like five 15 blades. Thanks. <laughs> but it was better. The finish was better. Uh, it didn't catch on the teeth. It didn't break. It was glorious. It, it, they are magic. They're absolutely magic for mm-hmm. grooming and for comb cuts on cats. They're fantastic. Mm-hmm. And they really do make it so that... Your grooms are consistent. Like for years, I used to take pictures for Christmas for my clients, right? I'd have a photo booth in the vet hospital in the corner, and I would set up a different scene every year, and I'd have props, and I'd use things to make the dogs look at me, and I'd get these fantastic pictures. Then I'd go home, and I'd Photoshop the name on there and the year, and it was so much fun. Take out any of the... Well, I didn't correct my grooming, but sometimes I corrected the backdrop because there'd be a big hair on it or something. But right. yeah, so then I became a mobile groomer and I went into the houses of all the people I knew for so long. And they have hallways 
with every picture I ever took of their dog. And the picture that I took at age three looks almost identical to the haircut I'm doing at age eight. (laughs) Right. Yeah, and it's because the consistency with a vacuum system is amazing. And I'll be out working one day and something will break and I won't have my suction and I'll have to use my clippers. And I just think... I'm not doing nearly as good a job. It just doesn't feel the same for me. I don't have that skill anymore. And, you know, after you use the combs and you do your comb cut, all you have to do is a little bit of scissoring. It's not a ton of scissoring. It's just tidying up, which, you know, that works for me because my hands don't hold scissors anymore very well. There's some cool techniques with the vacuums, too. One of them I know that not many people use I don't know why, actually, is if you take a matted, like the butt of an Australian shepherd that sits on his butt all the time and it's all thick and matted back there, if you take a comb and you pull the hair out back there and then just cut the ends of the hair off with your 40 blade, just skim them off on the outside Mm -hmm. of your comb, wash and dry that dog, all of the hair that was trapped underneath just blows out. It's magic. I'm going to guess that's because there is, and I'm sure people will comment on the Facebook groups. I'm going to say it's because those ends are very damaged. That's right. From from matting, from sitting on it, and the cuticles are all open and everything is split and damaged and gross, and you're taking off that damage so it's the the not as damaged hair so it can just slip Yep, out. it just flies out of there. I find that very gratifying. And then the <laughs> other thing I find gratifying is if you have a really good predictable dog, and I use a belly strap on most Mm -hmm. dogs just because I don't have a very big table and I don't want anyone missing the edge. So if you have a dog you can trust not to sit, you can hold the tail up and sculpt breeches with a 40 blade or, oh man, that's time saver for me. I I actually do that with a snap-on comb on there just as a safety feature. And it's not like a long snap-on comb. I'll do it with like a one guide or something just to give me a little extra play and and sculpt the britches with that. It's just, it's very, it is very satisfying. It is. Because it you feel like you're using like a magic eraser tool in a computer editing exactly. thing and you just like whoop, and the hair disappears. You don't see it on the table. It just goes away. It's like magic. And it looks pretty and it's evener than I can scissor because I'm not the scissor queen like you are. Uh, it's a great technique and it really does help. The other thing I like to do is bottom of the feet with a 40 blade. Just skim off the bottoms and the edges oh, yeah. of the feet boom, 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 when it's done done there's nothing on the table it's so easy so easy and it helps you round the foot yes yeah and i need that yeah i'm the queen of pointy toes (laughs) i i I will admit with the with the bums i do go at it with my eight inch chunkers depending on the texture the seven inch chunkers just to to finesse the shape a little bit because i i do love my scissors (laughs) i know you do i know you do and speaking of loving scissors I saw a post by Abby that said there's something new coming from Evolution. Can you give us any insight on what's uh, going on? Well, I can give you a tease. Okay. Because this is debuting at Pasadena. So if you guys are going to be at Pasadena, definitely stop by our booth. Our booth is going to look different. We've got new stuff to promote this. This is something Mo has been wanting to do for ever now. And I can honestly say there is nothing like it available anywhere. This is a new level of quality and features unlike anything in the industry. Like if you break down all the individual features, yeah, they exist. But together in one sheer Oh. <laughs> I'm so excited. Something X-rated just happened on the other end of the microphone here. <laughs> oh, it did. It really was. Oh. Well, how exciting is that? And they're so new. I haven't even gotten my hands on one yet. They are that new. And just in case anyone was wondering, our new line of amazing shears, yes, they will have our patented handle that is fully, fully customizable to fit your hand and 
swivel or not swivel at your desire. That is exciting. Ooh, ah. Ooh, there's nothing like these guys anywhere. And I'm so excited. I need a cigarette. This is how excited I am. And I don't smoke, so. We love our friends at Evolution. (laughs) We're so grateful for everything they did for us. Also, we've got Precision Sharp with the new links. So let me tell you about that. We want to welcome Randy and Cheryl Lowe from Precision Sharp and invite you to check out their website where you can see their newest precise cut shear called Lynx. It's a patented design featuring a thumb ring that slides the length of the handle for perfect ergonomic placement of your thumb. Slide it and lock it into position to get your best groom on. Check it out at precisionsharp.com. So we got a hold of those. They're working pretty well, but I still always kind of go back to my little teeny tiny shears because look at my hand now. Yeah. It's all wonky. Ooh. I can't control the ends Ooh. of the scissors very well anymore because my thumb now comes out in a really weird spot. So the links has been pretty good with that. But doggone it, those tiny shears work really well with my weird hands. <laughs> Groomers, take your seats. It's time for Bee Bird's Classroom. Greetings, groommates. So today I want to talk about a new line of products that's made it to our party, which is what I call the grooming industry, our party. Uh, it's called Pride Plus Groom. And it started showing up in my feed, my Facebook feed, every dang day. So I'm looking at it, and the opening gambit is a picture of dish soap with a giant X through it, giant red X through it. Stop using dish soap. Here's what you should use. This all-natural, perfect shampoo. So I was put off by that very put off. I was insulted. Made me grumpy. Didn't make me really interested in exploring the product line. It just made, it turned me off. So I I forgot about it for a few days and then it popped up on our Facebook discussion group. Well, maybe Susie and Barbara would like to take a look at this. And there it was. Pride plus groom, and I thought, oh, God, I guess I should take a more neutral look at this product, and I kind of put my initial reaction aside, and I looked again, and then what I, what popped out at me was the term pride, and I'm saying, what do they mean, pride plus groom, and I... I kind of uh, chewed on that for a while, and I looked all through the website and everything, and then finally at the bottom of some label, I saw that the product was paraben-free, sulfate-free, silicone-free, not tested on animals, woman-owned. Women-owned. Oh, okay. I like that. I like that idea, and maybe that relates to the pride thing. Maybe the pride is an LGBTQ plus dog whistle to like, yo, <laughs> we're here. You know, I said, okay, I I, I can go with that. Um, and I took a closer look, and I looked at all of their ingredient lists, and here's what I liked and what I didn't like, okay? So what I liked was that the ingredient list seems to reflect a mindfully formulated products with quality ingredients, and the ingredients seem to match the claims. So... That's a good thing. And it is a very uh, complete ingredient disclosure. Just really not too many little mistakes or misses. And um, the professional line, there's a professional line and a retail line. And the professional line is made to be diluted. So that was a good thing. The retail line is ready to use out of the bottles, full strength, out of the bottle, 
squirt it on your puppy, right? So uh, the retail line is for pet owners. The professional line is for groomers. And um, they treat it a little differently, but not too much. For the pet owners, the retail line, they say no toxic ingredients. For the groomers, they simply say no bad stuff. No bad stuff was another little trigger of mine, but um, nonetheless, I, I actually felt like I would like to try this product and of the more natural products that have been hitting us right and left and sideways, this was one that I thought was more qualified for my interests than some of the others. Um, and I liked the use of the marshmallow extract in there. They use it in all three shampoos. And it's probably a, a decent substitute for silicone. It's not a great substitute because there really isn't an all-natural great substitute for silicone. But you can get some slip out of the marshmallow and it is a good emollient it's good skin soother um and it probably supports their claim that it their products make the dogs feel good in their own skin because it's a skin soother and skin healing ingredient and and it's been established as that also i really liked their surfactant blend what I didn't like, though, I didn't like that dish soap stuff. I didn't like the all-natural. All is totally encompassing. And when you're going to say all, then every single ingredient ought to be natural, not synthesized. And when you have ingredients like cocomidopropyl betaine, which is in everything that, of theirs, that's not exactly a natural product and uh, the whole all natural concept really breaks down uh, with their conditioner which looks like a good conditioner for what it is but it's not all natural you know it contains cetrimonium chloride cetrimonium chloride is I like that ingredient it's good in any conditioner it's good in leave-in conditioners it's thin it has a lot of good properties that it brings to a product but it's not exactly natural the raw material source for cetrimodium chloride is i quote n-hexidecalamine and methyl chloride it's manufactured it's produced by reacting the hexidecalamine and the methyl chloride in the presence of sodium hydroxide. So you've got a situation where you've got A plus B plus C equals D. D is not natural. It can't appear except by this reaction of this plus this in the presence of this very caustic substance called sodium hydroxide so come on how natural is that i'm going to read it again cetrimodium chloride is produced by reacting n-hexodecalamine with methyl chloride in the presence of sodium hydroxide how about maybe we would say Mostly naturally derived. Now, that'd be more accurate for this product line than this all-natural claim or assertion. It's not all-natural. Uh, but it's a good, uh, what you might call a natural alternative product. It's mostly ingredients that have natural beginnings. The other thing they do in their marketing that kind of drives me crazy is that when you hit on ingredients, what you find are their additives. 
Every one of their shampoos has avocado oil, coconut oil, flaxseed oil, and jojoba seed oil. They market with pictures of those ingredients in the quinoa, in the in the conditioner, they use quinoa as their protein source, I guess because uh, it's just like so mellow. But they act as though the avocado oil, the coconut oil, the flaxseed oil, and the whole seed oil are the main active ingredients. And they're not, they're the add-ons. The add-ons, hello, maybe they provide some of the slip um, and a little bit of conditioning value, but they're not what cleans. What cleans is this very clever blend of surfactants that's laurel glucoside, sodium laurel sarcosinate, disodium cocoamphoacetate, and sodium laurel lactate. So it's three cleansing surfactants and an emulsifier together. We looked a little while back on sodium laurel lactate. It's an emulsifier that's often used with the glucoside family of surfactants. And in this particular case, they're using just laurel glucoside. They're not using the decal glucoside, which is kind of what everybody else uses. But decal glucoside doesn't foam worth a damn. And laurel is a little better, and laurel, laurel is a little easier to thicken because there's two main flaws. I mean, excuse me, they say flawless ingredients. There's actually two main flaws in working with glucosides. We could call it challenges. They don't foam well, and they don't thicken well. I mean, sulfate you can thicken with salt, but you have to get some kind of more technical to thicken these glucosides. Laurel glucoside is probably the best, in my opinion. And apparently, in the opinion of the chemical supplier, which uh, makes their stuff. What I discovered, so we have what I like, what I don't like. Now, what I discovered is that there's very little difference between the three shampoos. They're almost identical. They're just making different claims for the different shampoos. But those claims are dependent on the same ingredients. I don't know. I, they make a big FD about that these are for three different coat types. They're actually shedding, non-shedding, and sensitive skin. So the sensitive skin lineup is almost exactly the same as the non-shedder shampoo, which is almost exactly the same as the shedder shampoo. So that's interesting. And uh, what I gained from this experience of digging deeply into pride plus groom, an appreciation of the evolution of the natural ingredient segment They've really come a long way at developing shampoo formulas that are going to work, they hope, as well as the, our sulfate-based shampoos of history. So we're moving in that direction, people, and they're doing a better job of combining and of, like, science moves on. And the chemical suppliers are where the science happens, you know. They're the ones that have the scientists making up new ingredients and twerking, tweaking ingredients, and not twerking, tweaking ingredients to work better. I'm really starting to appreciate that. And then the other thing that I um, gained from working on this is I learned how to pronounce helichrysum, Stoiches. Now, that's that immortal stuff that we've seen before. And this is an extract. So there's many, many helichrysum 
varieties out there, some of which are more exotic than others. Or the, and there's a huge difference in the cost of the oil, the essential oil of a helicostrum and the extract. And what I did appreciate again is that this company disclosed where there's an extract, it will say water and glycerin and heliscrysum stoichis. So you know that those three, when there's and and, you know that those three things go together. So this is a herbal extract that's been extracted in a solution of 50-50 water and glycerin. There's a lot of glycerin in these products because they also use straight glycerin as an ingredient. And they do uh, use cocamidopropyl betaine, which is not only a foam producer, but it's a sud stabilizer. It keeps the suds intact during the, the whole shampoo. So the suds don't just melt away and run down the drain, but they kind of stay on the surface for the time it takes to work everything in. So cocamidopropyl betaine is another one that's uh, being replaced, but it's hard to exactly replace it. So anyway, that does it for um, Pride Plus Groom. And put your questions and comments uh, on the Facebook page for us, please. Well, okay. I think I'm going to end this show right now. So we're going to have a great day. You're going to have a great day too. And happy grooming, everybody. We'll see you next time on The Groom Pod. Bye-bye now. Bye. Okay, goodbye.